It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. How's it going? It's going well, Conti. How you doing? Not bad. Yeah? I'm, I'm like a little bit back, less sleep deprived this week. I feel like I'm entering reality again. And, um, Back to quote unquote normal for I you. I can't. I can't complain. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of moving and shaking going on in Christine Land, which, um, which is good. I saw you were on another plane this week. I was. I was just in Boston, and then I'm gonna be. I got to go to Houston on like Monday night, Tuesday, and then I'm headed to Tulum, um, the end of next week for uh, the second reinventing the woman retreat. Oh. I'm just trying to make sure I don't lose my my Kona tan for this well, year. You know what my goal is this. I winter? think Tulum will do that. Just keep the tan all it's winter like, long. Flip flops, chasing hate, chasing sunsets. I hate the cold, cold. So I feel like every two months I'm going to see if like this winter I can month and a half, two months I can be in somewhere warm. That's my goal. So it's I've been like. All right. Is there a conference? Is there a that would be warmer for a couple days? Uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on the all winter tan, like I'm in like okay. San Diego. Will you send postcards home while this happens? <laughs> we'll have to work it around the Friday, so we have like okay. a show. Or Fair something, enough. I mean, you know? we are booked out to like 2025 Almost February now. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Things are things are heating up. Cranking. I'm like, Conti, I'm you're... telling people like, I'm sorry, like I just can't book you right now. Like it just, but. Listen, we're when you're wearing maybe where it's at. someday we'll just do this only. Okay, work out a lot and just podcast where it's at. Uh huh. This is it. Where it's at today is Deborah Atkinson. I love Deborah Atkinson. She's by the way. awesome. Um, number one is that I kid her because she's got such a great voice and I want her to just read me bedtime stories every <laughs> night and not in a weird way, just in a way that like it's very soothing. Um, but she founded Flipping Fifty. I just love that. It's title. such a great name. Yep. Flipping, Flipping 50. 50 and such a kind of circuitous route to quitting everything is what she says when she was about 50 and starting over, starting to chase her dream and her passion. And it wasn't freaking easy. <laughs> she didn't have a super smooth path, but who the heck does these days? Right. And, and look, finding great health at, you know, 50 plus and, and, and flipping the script on, on, you know, what we know and, and, and actually reading the science oh. behind, uh, you know, uh, uh, weight loss and, and exercise and fitness and, and, uh, and creating, you know, uh, uh, you know, not losing muscle like we think we're going to and, and just creating healthy bodies, uh, you know, for, for women, uh, specifically, um, and, and you know what what we can do with it, how we can help people and 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 ask proper questions like how do you feel and you know what are you going to? Have you done any hormone levels checking you know any updates on that and uh you, you know a lot can be done right a lot can be done, and she's out there doing it it's awesome all right, so she is an author, she is a TEDx speaker, she is a course creator, she is a uh you know tour de force, put it that way, and you're gonna love this. So, Deborah Atkinson, long overdue. We cannot wait to invite her onto our show. Here we go.
It's another amazing day at the Two Fit Crazy Compound, <laughs> isn't it, Brian? Crazy as ever. Oh my yes. God. The crazy scale just keeps going up, <laughs> up and up and up and up. No idea where it will end, but. Um, we have nor do we want it to no. end. Crazy's the best. Right. It's fun. It is. It's always unexpected. You never know what's gonna happen. Um Yeah, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> um we have another amazing guest today. Um Brian, we've had we've caught up a whole bunch in the last two episodes like a whole bunch of catch-ups yeah and now that time to bring the the guests back in the heavy hitters back in here and uh let's welcome the amazing deborah atkinson hello deborah hello both of you <laughs> how are you Oh, we're like we said, we are crazy. Um, crazy. I know. Should I be nervous? No. 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 <laughs> you should be wel- welcome. Welcome. To- you are an athlete. You are just as crazy as the rest of us. You know this. Um, and what's so fun is that I feel like we've seen a lot of each other lately, Deborah, which is really, yes. really kind of fun. Deborah was mm-hmm. uh, hanging out with the uh, with the reinventing the women. Um, I think last month, right? I think at some point and Mm. or the month before. And then, uh, we were, we were talking on like on the podcast on your, oh my gosh. So yeah, super fun to get her on our airwaves. Finally, it's been a long time. This is way overdue. Um, but for, for those of you who don't know a little bit, um, I know we talked in the intro about who this amazing woman is, but. Um, mm. from TED Talks to podcasts to starting your, you know, having a career and starting from scratch. And we also know that, you know, you have some athletic prowess in your background. We want our, our <laughs> listeners want to hear all about this. So number one, where the heck are you coming to us from? I'm coming to you from Phoenix. Mm. Yeah, I told you I, I lived out there for a while. It's not so bad. That's right. I was just looking at uh, actually for the family spring training and stuff like that for March. Uh, there's a good oh, chance yeah. I'm going to be out there soaking some yeah. rays. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Huh. You know, kids get off of school around the Easter and uh, you know holidays and things like that, and lots of baseball. That is and, a great time of year to be here. And I'm from yeah. New Jersey, and Springsteen's going to be in town, so let's do this. <laughs> Right? Let's go. Let's make it let's make an event. Right? There you have it. Yeah. There you have it. So Brian yeah. and his family are going to be showing up at your door. Not well Okay. We'll meet up for a run or a coffee or something. How's that? Very cool. Oh my god. Great hiking here. Oh Great the best. Hiking. All right. So let's let's go back to how the heck you landed on this show and how we all cross paths. Take us back, Deborah. This Whatever this is that you, it's so funny. People are like, what do you do? You know, like people are always like, so what do you do? And I'm like, how much time do you have? And I feel like you kind of have that too. Um, because you do a lot, but this is whatever this is right now that you do is not your first career. Like you weren't like, Hey, I'm seven and I want to do this. Take us back. Mm. Take us back to how you got into. All of the like, you know, wellness and fitness and exercise and and hormones and women and what's going on. Oh, well, totally by accident, to tell you the truth. So this last 40 years has been totally by accident. (laughs) So I started out 
as a graphic designer in college, you know, and mm. how many times does a student change their major now? So I, I did not change that many times, but I changed in a big way. Yeah. But I had started to run, you know, and I don't know what it was like for you in high school, but I was from a really small town. So if you go out for a sport, you, you can probably letter in a sport because there's only so many people to choose from, right? But I never really loved, you know, exercise and it really didn't get into the conditioning and training. So self-initiated exercise didn't happen for me until I was about 18 and right before I went off to college. And so then by the time I started my freshman year, I was a, I was a jogger. I was a runner and never looked back. And I've done a lot, a lot of things since you, you said you're an athlete and I'm like, you know, uh, prowess. I think you said I have discipline. I would say I've discipline. Right. I don't know about prowess. I'm, I'm running after that, but I haven't found it yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, my sophomore year, I was like all graphic designers smoke and drink and stay up late to finish their projects. I don't belong here. I'm a, I'm a runner. And, uh, so I stuck one foot you know, in physical education at that point and left one foot in graphic design. But by the end of the semester, I'd had some really great instructors. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to empower people to feel like this, to show up better, you know, just feel better every day about themselves. And so from that moment on, I switched gears and, you know, I grew up, I call myself a barely boomer, right? So I'm the last (laughs) year of those baby boomers and never really identified with that group. But I realized that I had had older parents, much older and older siblings. And so when I was an undergraduate, I kept being given when we had those opportunities to do case studies and train actual live people, I was given the retired faculty members and the alumni and loved it, you know, because I could relate because that was like, talking to my parents and, you know, all those Saturday nights out with my friends and their, my parents and their friends, you know, for Shirley Temples for me and something else for them. I learned how to communicate with that era. And so I was doing research for a really long time on baby boomers and not knowing that's what it was. And then at 49, I was like, okay, my kid's going off to college. He's going to have a life. I should probably get one. They frown on parents going to college with their kids. I'm like, I wonder what he would think if I would apply to teach in kinesiology there. And I'm like, you know, I know what he would think. That's not a good idea. So (laughs) I was like, you know, I love what I'm doing and I could stay very comfortable here, but I think I'm supposed to be doing more. And I just had that itch. Like, I, I think I could reach more people. I don't think I can be you know, shooting bullets at the fitness industry unless I'm willing to do something about helping to make it better. So I quit everything. And I have chills actually saying that. Still today, no paycheck, no TIAA craft. I quit the university. I quit private sector. And I was like, I'm going to build an online business. And um, I had no choice. It had to work. Somebody, Somebody caught me a few years later and said, there you are. You're still here. You made it. I would have never wanted to be starting over. I'm like, thank God you did not say everything on your mind. I'm glad I didn't hear that because I had no option. I'd cut the umbilical cord, so it had to work. But I actually started to work with marketing and sales for trainers and save the good ones 
because I kept seeing them leave as a university instructor. I kept having people come back to me after they'd graduated and they were out for a couple of years saying, could you write another letter of recommendation? But not because they got promoted. It was because they were leaving because I, I can't make money doing this. And I was like, this is, these are my 4.0 students. These are the ones that have the heart, have the brains. We need to keep them, but they just hate marketing or the way it was being taught to them and presented to them. So I said, you know, we can do this a different way. I mean, it's, it's in integrity to help somebody, you know, you can help and you got to get them started by paying in order to do that. So that's really what I set out to do. And then I realized I can't just be talking about here, do this, do this, do this, unless I'm literally doing it and proving it works. So that's when I started flipping 50 for midlife women, because that market, I realized I had to pick one niche, couldn't just work with everybody anymore. And that one took off. And so now it's full circle and we're coming back to help trainers also learn how to be coaches and, um, you know, switch careers or change their career and go into a deeper niche. But I think this midlife females just have such an influence on everybody else. I mean, if we can change their lives, we can, we can change healthcare. Woo. That's it. Podcast over. There it is. If we can change. That's exactly. it. Good to see you. It's all right. That was great. Um, I think, you know what I think back of is, if you were, you know, if we were in our 20s and, you know, all present company here and you were to say, all right, I'm going to quit everything. Do you think it would have worked out? That's, you know, I always go back to I needed to learn. I needed to have yeah. that education, the other professions, the life experience in order yeah. to prepare myself for the I quit mentally, physically, all of it. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people don't give themselves that, that grace to say, yeah, I, I can do this because here's what I have already been through and, and navigated in my life. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Totally agree. You know, it brings me to a conversation I had recently with my son and he's, 30. So just or at the end of that, almost, almost 30. And he was thinking about quitting and, and starting a job, not, not his own business in fitness, but it's very relative. So I remember he had, he'd won a golf tournament this summer, two in a row. And I called him up and I said, Hey, if you're thinking about doing this thing, you know, and, and starting a business with your partner, I want you to, I want you to can this feeling you have right now, because you need to be able to tap into it at any moment, because you're going to have days that are going to just, can I say suck on this mm-hmm. show? Suck. Too late. You can All of it. say right? flipping sucks. You know, I, <laughs> got, you got to be able to call on this feeling over and over again. And you're always there. It's always in you. This is, you can flip that switch whenever you want to, but when it's a dark day or a dark week or a dark month, you have to be able to know who you are you know, on the good days. And, you know, I think that's one thing that's really hard to to learn without living it in knowing stressors actually come and they kind of come in cycles. And so it's kind of just like, uh, I see you coming. I I would never have said that even 10 years ago, I, I had to 
still learn it and be in it and be like, okay, I can go through stress and still I'm going to be okay. Thank God for running, right? I uh, know. I'm going to say thank, yeah. thank God for you, Deborah. Like, w- what a great parent. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Never had anyone shoot me straight like that, right? There was none of <laughs> any of that. Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, 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 good. And, you know, your son, that's, that's, uh, it's great that he has you. Uh, you know, fantastic for him to hear that. <laughs> you mean, I, you I, mean everyone didn't have like a, no, you know, no matter what no, you think, you're never going to be good. I'm shaking my head. No, uh, no, but honestly, it's, it's, it's good advice. And, and to answer your question, Christine, I think at 20, I probably would have convinced myself or I would have told myself that I'm ready. Right, <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. You got this. You got it. Right. When Ali, I didn't have anything. And, mm-hmm. and as I'm older, I would have had to convince myself, like we all kind of have to convince ourselves, okay, you could do this deep breath. Here yeah. we go. You know, like, you know, the, the, the ego was, was, uh, a little bit stronger than the, uh, than the will at that time. But, uh, yeah. So, so it's great. And, and you have, uh, helped so many, right? As you've making, made this, change and you've you know you, you've started from scratch and you started over every, mm-hmm. everything um you know you've you've done very well for yourself how do you uh how, and looking back i mean was there a path that you thought you had was there a, a you know a, a target of any point or was it just to kind of move along and, and see where it goes you know well i think i approached the business the way i approached my running um you know overnight success you know it took 10 years that's about how it went. But, you know, I probably still had a little ego going on or pride. I mean, where did we cross over one line and get to the other? But those first couple of years were pretty lean. I mean, I started taking courses, but I didn't really put my hand up and say, I need help here mm. for until, I mean, I was crawling, crawling uncle. It was definitely... I had to reach out and put myself really take a risk because I knew I was not going to figure this out myself soon enough not to be in real trouble. I mean, it was it was dicey. I don't know about you, but I'm from a very small town in the Midwest and we don't go to pawn shops, but I did. (laughs) Uh, We don't pawn, you know, wedding bands, even though it was from a divorce. I still thought I'd give that to my son one day. In order to pay for Facebook ads, but I did, you know, and I'd never gone to therapy before, but I had a lot of things happen. You know, it was like the universe was kind of shaking the globe up for me saying all these things have to change in order for you to change. And now I can see that, but certainly then I could not. And so I went to therapy for, I think, two sessions because at the second one, she said, you know, there's a question I forgot to ask you at the first session. And she said, have you thought about hurting yourself? And I said, don't you think that would have been a good question to ask at the first oh my session? <laughs> I think we're done here. Thank you. <laughs> and and no, I hadn't. But I was just like, oh, that's a small oversight. Yeah, yeah you left that part. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're- so, you know, I, I had to ask for help. I think that was the hardest thing to do. I think maybe it still is. It's hard to ask for help. I don't know if that's women more than men. What do you think, Brian? No, we're known for like not asking for traffic directions <laughs> or something like that. We don't, we don't do this anything. No, no, no. There's, there's a whole big mask of masculinity that we wear when it comes to asking for help. Uh, it's getting better. It's getting better. Uh, but yeah, as a, as a 
general nature, no. We, well, we don't ask for help all that much. But as, as like trying to be strong women and trying to do all mm-hmm. the things and not show weakness because the women are trying to take on the role, the, you know, typical roles of Especially in, men. In, in business. Right. Yeah. 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 We don't, we can't, I remember in, when I started out in like with investment banking, the, I remember people saying, you're a woman, you don't cry. You don't show uh. emotion no matter what. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's real. This is, you know, people are like, oh, that's not, no, no, no. That was actually something that was, was told, you know, you look weak. You look as if you are not decisive. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and everything from the way you hold yourself to, I mean, this is, this is real. This isn't like a hundred years ago either. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Which is, you know, and now we're told, yeah, you should show emotion. You should be human. But there's, I think there's still a, yeah, there's this, there's, a there's still a point to, they say mm-hmm. the same to youth sports too, mm. right? No crying, no crying in baseball, no crying in this. It's like, no, you upset? Mm. Are you upset? Okay. Please show it. <laughs> Please don't yeah, hold it in. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh! Uh, where did you get? Where did, where was a place where you got some advice from? You know, in those times where you know, obviously it wasn't from this ca- uh, this counselor, uh, <laughs> the, the session that you had. <laughs> oh, uh, but um, where was somebody that maybe you weren't expecting it from? You know, where you, where you took it and you said, uh, "Wow, I needed that," and, and I didn't think it was going to come from you or uh, anything. A sign. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> such an introvert, you know, and that probably also makes it that much harder for me to ask for help or admit I don't I don't got this. Um, I think the older I get, the easier it is, like not to have all the answers. It's totally okay to be curious, and I haven't figured that out yet. So to help me figure that out, that's great. But because I'm an introvert, writing was always something I did. So I set out to write actually this book up here, and Yay. with every chapter. I had an expert that I reached out to and said, would you write the end of chapter kind of expert two cents, you know, and I'll feature you and I'll promote you as I release the book. And so had some great people from the industry and uh, one of those chapters was on sleep. So the sleep doctor, Michael Bruce, was kind of hard to track down. But once I did, interviewed him and then he said, you know, you'd be great for a group that I belong to. And that was the start of the first mastermind that I could not afford, but I did it anyway. Mm. I remember going out to, it was a conference and I went out to the pool and I was laying by the pool and I called somebody and I said, I either just did the smartest or the stupidest thing ever. And I can't decide if I'm more scared that they will accept me or more scared that they would reject me. Because, I mean, I was teetering on, I don't have that kind of money to spend, but these are my people. They're doing what I want to do, and I need to be around people who are doing or have done it. Hmm. That was one Scary. of the, my first <laughs> freakouts, I think, when I left teaching. and was like, okay, well, now I don't have a steady income. Now it's really up to me. And then, you know, there's all these different hire this coach and hire this and do this. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really have the money to do this. And, but knowing that those are the people that you want to be in the room with, I think that what you're saying is, you know, you are, there are these chances you have to take and there are these like, all right, you know what? I don't know that I have this fun, but I think 
this is worth it. Whatever, you know, not all of them because there's a lot of fluff out mm-hmm. there, but like there are some things that, out that's there. That's what always scares you know? me away. Well, how do I know if this is the right, right. thing, you know, the right yeah. one and yeah, you know, all that. But you have to figure <laughs> out, I think you did it too, where you figure out who are the right people that you want to be near. And like you said, it doesn't happen overnight all the time. It's, you know, it's years of figuring out who, who are my people. And by the way, yeah. you didn't even say the name of your book. Come on, Deborah. You still got it, girl. <laughs> yeah. <Right>? <laughs> Sorry, we had and to. And the whole yeah. idea, right, being that it says it without saying it, right? So people know it's for me or it's not for me right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those people that are like, no, 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 I, I've always had it. What? Who? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. It's time. It's time to revisit. Um. Take us through, and I love, I love the, I also love the whole idea of flipping 50. Like, I mean, because you could say like, you could take the F word and put it into like many different words or um, just that whole idea of flipping, you know, one of the things you talk about is like just flipping a mindset Yes. of, and that's what I definitely want you to, to share because whether you're 40, you're 50, you're, there's these stigmas like, oh, I'm too old to do this. Oh, I'm too, where really you're like, no, 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 it, we're going to flip this mindset. So I would love for you to say like, what's the, the normal mindset? Like, all right, you're 50. Like what, what is the norm? And then what is it that you teach to flip? I think still we're fighting that norm is, you know, at 50, I put on weight at 50. I, you know, uh, have a belly. Uh, at 50, I start slowing down, looking forward still to retirement. And uh, gosh, I hate it when people are doing that. It's like, let's get a better job. So you don't necessarily look forward to that, right? Um, I think it's that we still think, oh, I'm getting old. Man, I, that really makes my skin crawl to still hear people saying that. And and it's people that are even in our community. And so you should see me in the Facebook groups. I go in there. I'm like, not on my watch. Okay, we're not using that language in here. Do you see what you just did? And and I, I had one of our community coaches was fairly new. And she was like, oh, I know. I'm old too. And I'm like, Karen, if you say that again, you're gone. We're <laughs> not doing that. That is just, we don't use that language. And if they're talking crazy, we don't get in there with them. You know? So... I think it's really important and flipping. Yes. You know, 50% of my friends do, you know, use their metal finger and <laughs> we're flipping that. But the idea is really flipping that second half, you know, and changing the fact that we have all this science now. I mean, isn't it really an exciting time to be 40 something, 50 something or older? Because we now know we can hold on to our muscle. We can get it back. We can hold on to our bone. We can reverse osteoporosis. Do you both remember when we used to have to define osteoporosis mm-hmm. and tell them, you know, oh, no, bubble wrap. Yeah, yeah. Be very careful because you will fracture. And I mean, it was like, I can't believe we were a part of that. But now we're actually somebody find, finally busted out and had to be the first one to do high impact and to do high intensity strength training with people with osteoporosis and they're thriving doing it and we're reversing it. So it's it's just a great time to say, look, unfortunately for our parents, my mom passed at 95. She didn't lift weights her whole life, but we will. 
So for our kids, the vision is going to be different. It's, it's on our shoulders. I love it. Just flipping the whole script, flipping everything about it. Right. Well, the whole chronic disease thing, it's like, you know, the, what has happened to people in the past when they have, I mean, even in our lifetimes, when they've gotten certain diseases or cancers or or whatnot to what they're doing now with science and what we know you know, I, I remember doctors saying to me, you know, what, what you saw with your family members or grandmother, that's probably not the same reality that you're going to have because of some of the science. Now you still have to listen to the science. You still have to believe it and, you know, change your lifestyle, but we at least have this, at least have the knowledge to put it forward. Now I'm not going to say, I mean, November right now is diabetes awareness month. I'm going to throw that out there right now. And we have all the science, right? We know what to do, how to eat, how to move yet. Why does it keep going up? I mean, you know, it's that same idea of like, let's flip this. What's happening? People makes me so angry. I get stirred up over here. That's a crazy one. But all, but all of it is, I mean, we, we, we don't need any more sit downs, meetings, you know, research to be done to know that exercise is really good for us, you know, especially as we age and, you know, and and should be the norm as opposed to, hey, you got to slow down, you got to slow down or I'm getting old, right? All that nonsense. I I mean, I don't feel old, (laughs) you know, people that I... Sometimes I do. People that uh, I, well, you know, like... Some days, but most not. I I don't know. It's a state of mind too, I suppose. But, uh, and, and, you know, but people that I grew up with tell me I'm supposed to. I don't know. Uh, That's for them, not for me. Yeah. So true. You know, and flipping the script, you know, that's something that I think 10 years ago, I had to do much more of, you know, people were like, I'm so glad somebody is finally talking to women our age. And so their first impression is that this would be lighter and gentler. And I was like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. So you have never needed intensity more before in your life. And when you're sitting at the table with your teenage sons and your spouse, you better be stabbing that bigger piece of steak or salmon because you need that protein more than they do. They've got testosterone. You have less. And, you know, it's just, okay, we really have to change what we're doing in our mindset. So moderate exercise, still recommended, and we're probably still going to see that during our lifetime by American Heart Association. But for women in midlife, that elevates cortisol. So we really need them doing bipolar exercise, right? Really highs and lows. So zone two and zone five are your best friends, but that moderate exercise is kind of zone three and it's no benefit zone unless you're an endurance athlete, right? I mean, then you got to spend a little time there because you're going to spend a little time there in competition. But for women who want to reduce their stress load, their belly fat, control their weight and improve their glucose control, they need to get out of that. Go for a walk or get breathless, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian and I get, you know, we stir things up sometimes too because strength training is really important when it comes to yeah. running or endurance or, you know, and, and sometimes that's not always what people want yeah. to hear because they just are like, well, you could get hurt doing that or, you know, what's the benefit? <laughs> it's not the same exercise. I mean, that is the whole purpose of... Yeah. Longevity. 
and and ha- just having a good mix and a good variety. Like you said, you know, you gotta go for go for walks and then go get out of breath. Rigorous at times, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 uh, and and easy at other times. It's uh, you know, that that just keeps us sane too, right? It can't be all rigorous. It can't. Um, yeah. it, you know, we know that. Uh, so, uh, so tell us more flipping 50 here. What, uh, what, what is, what is it all about? What does it look like? Uh, how do you roll it out? Primarily we target women who are over 40. So 45 to 70 is probably our biggest primary target. Those are women who know they're in perimenopause. They've probably got signs and symptoms. We tend to attract fewer of those who are just being precautionary. You know, a lot of women, I got lucky, you know, didn't know until their late 40s or even 50 that, oh, yeah, something's changed here. I, in fact, was very egotistical. I'm like, I'm just going to skate through this. I don't think I'm going to have any problem. And that is like, boom, until I did, right? So um, it'll it'll chase you down at some point maybe. But whether that's just because the hormones change dramatically at the end or you do have signs and symptoms. But we help women in perimenopause as they're going through that roller coaster change their exercise so that their symptoms improve. So we talked about, you know, weight gain, the uh, belly fat, and a lot of times belly fat relocation is occurs to people who don't even have a weight gain, uh, hot flashes, night sweats, libido and depression and anxiety are, those are the key kind of seven categories that, you know, your exercise prescription can really make worse or make better. There's probably no neutral. You're doing one or the other of those. So really taking a good look at the type and the timing of the exercise that they're doing and the one the one question that a lot of times we don't come back to as fitness professionals, even how do you feel, right? Yes. Instead of just trying to get this quota of steps or counts or points or minutes, how do you feel? Is it working? I mean, have you got evidence that it's working or that you need to change? So we do some really basic things in remind either trainers working with them or the women themselves. You know, we have a few rules. You need to, number one, restore before more. So a lot of women end up kind of looking at the 80s, no pain, no gain idea they've carried around for years. And so they guilt themselves into thinking they should be doing more. They should exercise more and cause some adrenal fatigue because when estrogen comes down, cortisol goes up. And so we don't handle the same kind of stressors that we used to. And that those are the number one words that I hear. What I used to do that worked doesn't work anymore. It's like, well, you used to have hormones. You don't have anymore. So it's not going to. So here's what we need to do. We just need to change the strategy. We can still win, just not playing by the rules you did when you were 30. So we flip it and then we look at all the changes that you have during that peak time when you actually go through menopause transition the risk for muscle, accelerated loss of muscle, accelerated loss of bone, and all of that changes also brain health because then women don't feel like exercising lots of time. They're losing sleep. But for the rest of our lives, post-menopause less, we'll be dealing with the choices we made then, whether we knew you know, what to do or we didn't know what to do, but we can still improve things. 
we're really lucky as women. I'm just going to throw that out here is all I have to keep thinking because we got someone like Deborah over here who's, you know, oh. explaining and saying, hey, I got these groups. We can do this. We'd, what are they? What are what are men doing? Like, do you like <laughs> is there a flipping flipping 50 no. for men? Like, no, I'm just curious. Um, there, there are. I mean, there are. I call mine running towards 50, okay. right? Right. I'm running towards it, right? Not running away from it. That burning <laughs> building, I'm going right into it. Uh, that's kind of my outlook. But, but I mean, look, men, men, they're, I said it before, we're, we're a little nervous about, uh, mm. being honest with ourselves and, uh, we double down. <laughs> we'll, we'll dig a grave before we, you know, fix it sometimes, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm not being, I, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm saying anything it's that you guys don't understand. Though. I'm curious. No, is, there is. A, and, is there and, a male Deborah out there? It's, yeah. you know, for the last four years, I've tried to recruit someone to do it because I get this question. And the reason is one of the, one of the missions of Flipping 50 is we're doing this because there's no more powerful health influencer in the world than midlife women. We still, in 2023, influence 85% or more of household purchases. And that includes all of our health habits. So, you know, I get asked a lot by wives, what do you have for my husband? The first question, of mm. course, is, is he as interested as you are for him? You know, I mean, that's an interesting question, but um I have not had much luck recruiting because most male trainers still cater to females. They're like, because they ask questions, they ask for directions, you know, and it's just easier to train them because they're ready, but guys are a little more challenging. So not many have built up an entire business on working with men. It, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a confusing spot, you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just to, as you, as, as you're speaking, I was just thinking about the question more and, you know, and I, you know, I, I see that. Men, the men are more likely to live vicariously through their children as they now become athletic and play the sports and things like that. And they firmly take their position on the sidelines and, 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 and things like that. You know, I see plenty of dads like, you know, that are taking that, assuming that role that, you know, could just as easily get out there and do something for themselves. And, you know, that maybe not be as exciting as a soccer game or a pickup basketball game, but, uh, you know, that there's certainly something that be, that can be done that gives the same, you know, it's not just about the game, right? We do things for, for health and, you know, exercise mm -hmm. reasons too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, we tend to, we tend to make it hard on ourselves. Right. And we tend to, I mean, and look, I've, I've had men and women in the, in the, in the gym for years and there's no question as which is the tougher gender, right? It's the women, the women are tougher. The women <laughs> complain less, uh, you know, the women show up consistently more. They make it a part of their day, their schedule, their, you know, their routine. Uh, it's that discipline, right? Whereas dudes are like, this shit's hard. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> you know, after, and, and, and look, uh, here we go. I'm going to say, uh oh, no, well, men, Men are more likely to try and return to where they left off, right? Whereas a woman will say, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to feel my way. Okay, that wasn't so bad. I think I could do a little bit more and all this stuff. Men will go and pick up first day in the gym back after whatever many years or, you know, or oh, they'll yeah. go, they'll go for six months and then you won't see them for six months. And then they come back in, they go, they go right over to the weight that they left off six months ago. I mean, and they're nowhere close to being able to do that. They're just going to feel awful and think it sucks and might even get hurt. Um, you know, in that way, it, it's funny. And, uh, and the cops are the worst. 
The police, oh o- the police officers. I mean, come we're not going to generalize here today, well, Deborah. No, well, but like, no, 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 no. There are these dudes. <laughs> I see them coming from a mile away. Cops and former military. Really? Yeah, they come in. They're like, oh, you know, like it's 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 um it's funny. I'm like, you know, you can grab something lighter, and then we'll see you tomorrow. Right, like that'll work, um, and uh, it's funny. We laugh about it because I can, oh. you know, I do it in a nice way. I guess it hurts, Deborah. We wow. can't let you out of here, by the way, until you talk about your TED talk, which is so awesome ah. for everyone. We're gonna put the, that link in our show notes. Um, it's just great. Deborah looks fantastic, and she's wearing cowboy boots, and it's <laughs> like it's just wonderful. But um, just give give that a little shout out. Tell us what the name of it is, and mm-hmm. and uh, what what you spoke about because I love it. Everything women in menopause learned about exercise may be a lie. Ooh. So funny story about that. So the backstory, you know, that was one of those instances where. The wheels were falling off the bus in my business and personal life both. So, you know, that's just one of those suck it up buttercup and do this. Because when Ted calls, you don't say no. Mm-hmm. Like, now's not a good time. You know, um, when they called, I was in the middle of a real crisis. So business-wise, you always have those risks that you take. And financially, I was having a, a real like, okay, I got to fix this leak right now or I'm going to be in trouble. And then um, I got called. I got uh, accepted and it was like three and a half weeks till the TED Talk. So I had very little time to prepare. I was in the final weeks of preparing for an Ironman. So I had like a couple (laughs) big weeks before I tapered. You know what that's like, Christine, Mm -hmm. you know, so lots of stress, physical, emotional, financial, all of it. I was already going to a concert or a conference. I'm sorry. So in between all of this, I had so much going on and I was like, I could feel cortisol in my body. I've never experienced that before, but all day. And then I was the fifth of five speakers. So imagine you have to be there at 830 in the morning, but I didn't get to talk until about four. So it was like being on the free throw line all day and already having all of that other stress on top of me. I literally, I walked off stage when I was done and I said, did I say the right thing? Because it was like a surreal moment. I didn't even know what I'd said. I was like, I hope I nailed that because I have no idea what I just said. (laughs) So just to show you, you know, you don't ever know what somebody else is going through and what's happening at the moment. But the whole gist of that is sharing, you know, how little research really is out there featuring females at all. But then if you look at any female in a hormonal stage of life she's in are adolescents, are young women who do want to get pregnant, those who don't, those who are, those who are postnatal, and then perimenopause and postmenopause. Every one of those demands a unique exercise prescription. So if we're not studying women because they're hard to study and unpredictable, I mean, it's exactly the reason why we need to be doing it. It's it's craziness. But we're saying if it was even divided up even less than 6% of research features you, Christine, right now, or me right now, or any other woman. And so if we didn't know to ask, and even as a trainer, as someone who, you know, mentored trainers and taught at a university, never once did I have them go to, go to the books 
We looked at their kinesiology, the movement. We looked at, you know, what are their goals? What's their history? But we didn't have them go and say, okay, what's going on with their hormone status right now? You know, and so until, you know, 10 years ago, I hadn't given that a thought and hadn't passed that on to anybody else either. And so if we didn't ask, is this made, designed based on research, based on women just like me, chances are it wasn't. So we take a woman who's 55 and really good right now at storing fat. How is she going to survive or thrive doing the same thing that a 25-year-old young man at the peak of muscle mass is doing? It's craziness to think that's going to work. So we've got to get more specific. And that's not to say we can't have classes where, you know, young and old are in the same one or men and women, but you need to know how do I adjust that for myself? or know that it's working before you get in there. It's so powerful because again, our the whole fitness industry, the whole idea of exercise and you know, getting certified a general group like you have to go through these processes. You have to first realize, okay, this is this is a healthy male or female who can has great mm-hmm. range of motion and doesn't have any diseases and and then, you know, working with a woman you know, with going through perimenopause and menopause is totally different than this person who is a collegiate athlete and this person who's got, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and this person with Parkinson's. And there's just such a, there's such a power for creating a niche. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just great that you have this, you have this niche and, you know, you're successful with it. And, and I love the fact that you're so open and authentic about the fact that life sometimes is really difficult when you're chasing <laughs> your goals and dreams. And you had this passion. You knew, you know, like many of us, we knew there was something greater. We didn't know what the heck it was. We didn't know why we were picked. It was like, you. You're like, did I get the short straw? Why can't I be just complacent in my nice job that pays every two weeks? It's like, nope. There's something else for you and it's not going to be easy and you're not going to do this when you first start and you're 12 and follow through. It's (laughs) nope. You're going to be like on your third career or second career and in the midlife. And that's when we're going to throw this at you. And, but you, you persevered and that is just awesome. And we love to hear these stories of, you know, you're kicked down, Deborah, but you got back up, you know? Oh boy. Yeah. Woo! Oh, and you got to be ready again, right? You never know. Never know. Oh, good grief. Yeah. So tell us everywhere that our listeners can find your book, your website, um, the TED to all of it, all of it. And then we'll post this as well in our show notes. So we live at flipping50.com. That's all words spelled out, no spaces. And we have the Flipping 50 podcast. We also have She Means Fitness Business podcast for any fitness pros. Helping them, again, coming back to helping them help other midlife women or to market and learn how to niche and really have the best language so that they do it in integrity, feeling good, and so that they get found by the women who are looking for them. So we're at flipping five zero TV on social everywhere. So YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook being my everywhere. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Book Amazon. Yeah. 
Facebook, Amazon, or anywhere books are sold. Yep. Beautiful. All right. Well, it has been amazing to uh, to finally get you on our airwaves. As I said, it is long overdue, and we can't wait to have you back in the future to give us some uh, updates on everything and anything, Deborah. You are now an official fit crazy That's in our right. archives. Bam. You keep Family. shooting those bullets out there, all right? I like that one. <laughs> if you're going to be shooting bullets, okay, you did your work. Now you can shoot them, okay? so good thank you you two are amazing playing off of each other thank you so much for having me of course all right with that said everyone my name is christine conti and i'm brian prendergast we are two fit crazy and the microphone we are where it's at peace it is christine conti and you are listening to best selling author of split second courage what if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve?